Well, hi there. We're on episode 20, and today we're going to talk to you about your first trip to Tokyo and what to expect and tell you all the things that we love about this amazing city. Welcome to Streets and Eats, the podcast where we want to inspire your next trip by telling you about some fantastic destinations and the best food to eat while you're there. Now remember, until the world opens completely back up and you feel safe to travel again, use this time to research and plan. That's what we're here for. In this episode, we're going to take you to Tokyo, Tokyo. Japan. Yokosa. Yokoso means welcome. Yokoso. <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've lived in Japan for five years, a total. Um, two different stints, actually. The first time was up in northern Honshu, and then the second time was in the greater Tokyo area. And by greater, I mean Tokyo. Mm-hmm. The, the Kanto plain is just massive. Right. We actually lived at the small town of Kamakura, which is another podcast, but it's one of our favorite places. We highly recommend. On Earth. But yeah. we're talking about Tokyo. Yeah. So. When you get there, you arrive at either. One the, of two airports. Yeah. Narita. And what's the other one? Haneda. Haneda. Usually you're going to arrive in her. Actually, nowadays, I think it's 50-50, isn't it? Well, yeah. And my recommendation, if you can get a flight into Haneda. Do it. Do the Haneda flight. Because it's closer it's a smaller airport. It's not, it's hard to navigate. Um, but yeah, it's closer to everything in Tokyo. So it just makes your travel time that much better. And after you've flown across the ocean, if that's where you're coming from, that long flight, you don't want to spend another hour getting to your hotel. Yeah. And it, you're already tired already because you're going, I think when you go east, it's harder on the body personally. Oh, I agree. So I would, if I were you, I would definitely. Um, get there and get into your hotel and then just sort of take it easy on the very first day that you arrive. If your hotel has an onsen or a spa, it's a great idea to go in and try and soak in a bath. Or you could do that in your hotel room in the bathtub as well, I guess. It's right. just that the spa is nicer. If it's an onsen with mineral water, it's just that much better. Yeah. More and, rejuvenating. And it'll help you with your jet lag, I think. Oh, definitely. It's definitely one of our recommendations for people traveling to Japan. Okay. So you've gotten to Japan and you're in either of the two um, airports. The first thing you've got to navigate is how to get into the center of the city. I don't necessarily suggest that you pay for someone to come pick you up at the airport. That is an exorbitant cost. Right. Unless you have an enormous family where it's just going to be too hard to get you all on the train um, and take you in or on one of the buses. I... It's just not worth it. I mean, it really is an expense. So I would go on a train. Yeah, public transport is the way to go. You you can take a taxi, but again, Exorbitant. unless there's three or four of you, even then, I think the price is higher. And the trains are comfortable. They're pretty constant. And it's easier than you would imagine. From Narita, well, Narita, you got to remember, is pretty far from the city. So it is going to take you some time to get from Narita, which is why we recommend Haneda. But there's a lot of options. Um, there's an express train that takes you directly into Tokyo Station, the Narita Express. Uh, that's its first stop. And after that, it stops uh, a few more places in Tokyo before heading out into different directions into the Kanto Plain. Uh, that's one of the ways we would get to 
Kamakura effect. You could take the Narita Express through Yokohama and that would get us pretty close. So if you're staying somewhere in the farther reaches, the Narita Express isn't a bad option. It's going to be probably your quickest way to get there. Uh, of course, there's regular metro subway trains that are running out to both airports. It's either the Narita line or the Kaisei line. Um, oh, there's also the Kaisei Skyliner, which is another express train. It goes directly from Ueno to Narita. Uh, we've, and I don't reverse. think we've <laughs> ever taken that one, have we? Um, I, I couldn't I know tell where you. It we've, is. Done, we've gone into Tokyo from Narita so many times, it's just hard to say. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'm sure there, it's the same. I'm sure I've taken it, actually. The Skyliner? Yeah, I'm sure I've taken it. Probably. All um, the times we've done it, I'm sure it was probably the... Uh, one of the better ways. Actually, yes, you're right. When we lived in northern Japan, we would take the yes. Shinkansen into Ueno, and then that's where you get the Skyliner, and then we'd take the Skyliner to the airport. Yeah, you're right. So that's probably your best option. That ticket you can get uh, right there at the airport, and you do need to get a ticket. You can't just get on the train there. Um, I don't think you can pay later. You need to be prepared when you get there, but it's pretty easy. It I is. mean, they have helpers right there and they have the machines right there. So if you have any questions and it'll switch it to English, yeah. but if you have any problems at all, they'll do the whole thing for you. Just pull them over and that's perfectly okay. Right. Um, and if you're going to use the Metro or the subway, uh, which is a good way to do it. And it might be the best way to get you the closest to your hotel. Uh, so I often recommend that over the Narita Express, even though it's going to take a little bit longer. For that one, you're going to want to buy a Pasmo card or a Suica card. Which, which you're you going to need anyway you're when you're need. in Tokyo. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about getting around, but you can get that right at the airport, load it up, get your ticket on the card itself, and you'll be good to go. Haneda, same type of options. There's, of course, an express train, um, buses, taxis, a regular train on the subway line, uh, the monorail built for the Olympics in the 60s. Maybe it was a lot cooler and more futuristic back in the 60s when it was first built, uh, but it's still a monorail. It's still yeah, pretty cool. It's still cool. pretty run of the mill. Uh, and it's going to take you a direct shot into Hamamatsucho. And from there, you can get on a subway or a bus to take you to your hotel. What I would suggest is once you've made your um, hotel reservations, um, send them an email or message them on, right. the, on the app and ask them specifically, which is the best way to get from the airport to their hotel via the train or the or the metro, because they're going to tell you exactly how to do it step by step. Again, they probably have a limousine that'll come pick you up, but I think they're going to charge quite a bit for that. You'll just have to make right. that decision when you talk to them. Well, and they do have the limousine buses, which we've taken those too. We've taken the limousine uh, buses. And that works those are really nice. good. If you're at a hotel that's that's on the stops or on the line, uh, that's a great way to go because then it is going to pick you up right at your hotel and take you right to the, to the airport or vice, vice versa. versa. Um, I don't really recommend it going from the hotel to the airport because traffic can be pretty dicey. And uh, unless you are planning a lot of extra time at the airport to make sure you get there on time, you could run up a, into a little bit of danger with uh, missing your flight. If the traffic 
does turn really bad. I mean, if you've seen any traffic in the States, like around LA or New York or yeah, you know any of those big about. places, Tokyo is 10 times worse. But you, we don't suggest driving in Tokyo. Don't rent a car. Uh, yeah. Don't drive. There's yeah. no reason to. And it's it can be confusing. Yeah. The public transport is just so much better and so much cheaper all the way around from parking to the gas to everything. Um, Definitely we, not a place to drive. We have taken road trips in, in Japan, but not, of course, right there in Tokyo, which we will talk about later and talk sure. about traffic and um, rules and things like that. But that's a whole different podcast. And that's not on your first trip to Tokyo. It's just not. Yeah. Now, while you're in the airport, before you get on that bus or that train, make sure you stop at the vending machines, which is right on your way. You can't miss them that sell the SIM cards um, because you're going to want to have a SIM card that's good for the Tokyo area. You just need to bring your phone that's unlocked from the States. That can be hard to get. Um, but you know, maybe you get a burner phone or something while you're traveling. You I don't could know. Do that, yeah. Before you leave. And that way you're, you're not messing with your regular um, product, but you have, you have something to use while you're yeah. in Japan. We use, I think that's a good way to do it. We use Google Fi. Yeah, which, but we live there. Well, no, we use Google Fi now, we which now, yeah. has international coverage. So that's a good option if you're looking at different services or if you're on Google Fi, then you probably know this. Um, and it's just a matter of going to a new country and letting it pick up the service. Works pretty good. It takes a little while though. Check with your provider. You might find out that you have international data available for a cheap price, but make sure you know before you go. You definitely don't want to show up in Japan or any foreign country uh, with your data turned on and start incurring charges that could be astronomical. It could be very expensive. So anyway, a SIM card at those um, vending machines, I saw them everywhere from 2,500 yen to about 5,000 yen, which we, it's just easy. It's not exactly correct, but we just basically drop the zero. So that means 25 sure. to $50, $50. It's just a good way to, to guesstimate it. Um, if you're a math whiz and you want to be more technical, that's up to you. Look but. at the current exchange rate. Last time I saw it was like 110, yeah. 110 yen to the dollar. So that's a bit in our favor. Um, but those SIM cards in the machines are data only. So if you do need to make phone calls, um, you can go. There's plenty of uh, the major carriers have shops in the airport as well. So you can go into one of the shops and talk to somebody. They'll help you out. They'll get you a SIM that also includes phone, or you can even rent a phone for the time that you're there. You can. And another thing they have with their rentals is that, what do they call that thing where it's a, a mobile hotspot? The mobile hotspot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really good option too. If you've got a number of people in your party, they don't all need to get a SIM card. You can just get one mobile hotspot and everybody can connect to that. With their Wi-Fi. Which we have used that when we've had, um, well, we've used it many, many, many times. Um, but when we've had visitors, I think we've had like six people at a time using it. And it didn't slow it down at all. Right. It's a great thing to just hand someone and say, here you go. You can use that for the day in Tokyo. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, yeah, and you can get those at the airport too. You'll have to go into a shop again. Um, so it'll take you a little bit more time. Really, if you're staying in the Tokyo area, I couldn't recommend any one provider over another. I think they're all going to be covering the Tokyo area quite well. And so I would say whichever one has the best deals that they're advertising at the time or has the lowest 
number of people that they're serving. So you'll be in there in and out quickly. Yeah. Um, don't stand in line. There's plenty, plenty of vendors that you don't need to stand in line. So you're going to arrive, you're going to land in Tokyo. You're going to go down, you're going to buy your SIM card or your rent a phone and you're going to buy a ticket, a PASMO, a PASMO get for a PASMO. the train. And then you're going to get on the train and you're going to come into Tokyo and check into your hotel. Like I said, First thing I would do is take a hot shower or go to the spa or go to, a, um, if they have an onsen, a public bath, go in there. First of all, it's an amazing um, experience. But second of all, you just really want to do that. Take a little nap because you're going to get into Tokyo about eight o'clock in the morning, yeah. eight to nine in the morning. So you have all day. Take a little nap and just sort of refresh yourself a little bit because it is a it's a it's quite a haul. I mean, you're tired when you get there. And then mid-afternoon, I would say get up and try to stay awake until at least nine o'clock. And it will be difficult. But at but at least try because you can go out, you can walk around your hotel, find yourself some good ramen or something. Um, it's not, the, I, I wouldn't say it's the day to go out and have a big meal because you'll appreciate it better when you're not yeah. quite as tired. You're always a, lot, a little groggy when you get off that airplane Yeah, for a good 24 hours. So I think just go get some ramen, have a beer, have whatever a you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Or a Sapporo. And, and then, you know, try to go to bed and try to stay, um, on a schedule that and then get up is in normal the morning for Tokyo at a decent time, eight o'clock. Don't a, sleep all day. Get a little breakfast. Yeah. You're not there to sleep. So, well, we were going to talk a little bit about hotels later, but since you mentioned the onsen, one of our favorite chains in Japan is called Dormi, the Dormi Inns. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a few different Dormi Inns in, in the Tokyo, Tokyo area. area. Yeah. And most of them have an onsen in the hotel, foot baths, uh, pajamas. It's kind of like a hybrid hotel Ryokan experience. Uh, and they're a very comfortable place to go. They, they're usually around a mid range budget, which can be quite nice in the Tokyo area. Um, but that onsen is what really, really gets me. Of course. Oh, they also do have a uh, free noodle service at, at nine o'clock at, at night. So it's a good reason to stay up till nine. Yeah. Go soak <laughs> in the hot tub, come out, have some ramen on the house. Get one of the ice cold bottles of milk that they usually sell right there in the little vending machines. Milk is a very popular vending machine. It really machine, is. Um, especially at onsen because onsen, it's yeah. supposed to be replenishing. So they they seem to always have milk right around the onsen. At any rate, we'll we'll you can check our website for how the etiquette of onsens and what to do. Right. But we have just found that's one of the most amazing uh, ways to get over jet lag and just to start your trip off feeling pretty good, which going east is hard. So it, it's a bon it's a bonus. Um, anyway, so the next thing you're going to want to do is figure out how to get around Tokyo, right? Right. Um, while you're in the airport, um, you'll see the information desk. Go ahead and grab uh, the, a metro map for sure, and maybe a couple of other things that look interesting. But at least a metro map so that you can figure out how to go on the metro. It's all the signs are in English and Japanese. It's very simple. And the last time we were there, they may not still be doing this, but the last time we were there, there were so many people 
asking you if you needed help. All oh, right. Um, but that was right before the Olympics. So it's true. It may have changed a little bit. But even before the then. Olympics, when we were walking around Tokyo, uh, there are plenty of times where we were standing on a corner and looking at a map. And invariably, if you're looking at a map for any length of time and looking around, someone is probably going to stop and ask if they can help you. Yeah. They're, that they're, happens to us all the time. Especially in Japan. They just really love to help. So don't don't feel shy asking. Almost everybody speaks English. And if you just happen to pick the one person who isn't comfortable speaking English, the person standing next to them will be. We'll so it's not you. a big deal at all. So now get we, your, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so you got your PASMA ticket at the at the airport if you didn't that's okay pretty much any station is going to sell the PASMA tickets it's a little gray card like a credit card it's an ic card that lets you tap to get your payments in um it's the way to go it's very easy to get at the machines you don't need to talk to anybody you don't need to worry about speaking japanese the machines are in multiple languages they've got you covered uh really simple process to buy it it costs, I think, a $5 deposit that you put down when you first load it up, and you're going to put some money on it. I usually put, for a two-week period, I would say 5000 will probably cover most of your travel. You if you're not know. sure how much travel you're going to be doing, start with 1000 That's going to get you a couple of rides at least, um, and then you're good to go. You're just going to use that card to tap when you go through the turnstiles or when you get on a bus. It's so much easier than buying a ticket. And worrying about whether you have the ticket or not. And then at the end of your trip, you can go to any of the, any of the stations and you can get your deposit back. So it's kind of a, a no-brainer. Just don't lose it. And getting around on public transportation is pretty simple. The thing is, sometimes it takes longer because I told you. Tokyo is a sprawling city. So sometimes it takes you longer to, to get someplace than you might uh, expect but what's great is it will tell you that on on the yeah not on the map but basically it tells you on, on like Google Maps or whatever um how long it's going to take you to get there. Oh yeah. Um now there is a few things that are um train etiquette and manners. When you're on a metro or a train, the Japanese don't do a whole lot of talking. They basically are very quiet. If they are talking, they're talking sort of very under their quietly. breath whispering to the person next to him but you're but you're gonna see there's just not much talking going on at all you can always tell when a foreigner gets on because the de noise decibel level just raises um exponentially <laughs> um they do this because a lot of people are commuting and they're sleeping on the train to catch up on sleep. And you'll see a lot of people sleeping yes. on the trains. It's not uncommon for you to be sitting down and someone to sit down next to you. And before you know it, their head is on your shoulder and they're snoring <laughs> away because they're just so tired from working so many hours or whatever. And they have long commutes. Um, as far as giving up seats, they've been doing just like a lot of places of the world. They've been doing the um, public announcements where they're like, give the old lady the seat, right. give the um, old man the seat. And a lot of times it's so embarrassing. I've had 80. I'm sure they're 80 year old men offer me a seat. <laughs> That's true. I'm like, no, no, of course not. But they're very conscious of of trying to make you comfortable. So. So give a little back in return. And if they have a child or if they're obviously if they're pregnant or older, please, please let them sit, let them sit on the seat. It's 
it's not a big deal. Yeah. The other thing is, if you have children, this doesn't usually happen for adults, but if you have children, make sure to keep your feet off the the benches, the seats. Um, in Japan, the bottom of your feet are dirty, and they could take their shoes off as soon as you walk into uh your house and like jim was saying our favorite hotel dormy inns you take your your shoes off and put them in a shoe locker in the lobby and you don't see them again until you go back downstairs well it's the same thing about um couches and seats on the train that even if they're children don't let them put their feet up they can lay down that's not a problem but you need to take their shoes off yeah um, people love the kids, so it's not about the them being upset with the kids. They're just upset if it looks like it's going to get dirty. Yeah. So just be conscious of that. Um, and the other thing that you shouldn't do, whether you're walking around or whether you're on a train, is eating and drinking. Um, that is reserved for either if you are eating street food, like wherever the kiosk is, you sort of um, right duck there. in near the kiosk or you can go to a park. Um, with your food and but, sit down and eat and sit down and eat but walking and consuming anything is is kind of taboo yeah. and in fact when we lived there um we were living in kamakura as i said which is a huge tourist town and they have a lot of little kiosks that sell food and it was very common for people all people all i mean people from all over the world as well as even some Japanese, I'm sure, um, buying a skewer of uh, mochi or whatever and eating it on the as they walked down the street. But they made a uh, law that you weren't allowed to do that. They had to make it specifically for Kamakura. But it's just also, it's just not commonly done. So everybody's going to get hungry and you definitely want to go to something like a convenience store and try eating out of the convenience stores that's a huge thing there's plenty of choice but don't plan on eating it and walking or on the train no or or, or on, on the, the train yeah don't don't decide to give your kid a snack on the train thinking that's a good time to do it because yeah. they're sitting down that's it's just not done the only exception to that would be if you are um taking a JR train, maybe a little bit further out, like say to Kamakura or something. And, right. you are, and you're in the green car, which is the first class car, uh, which we recommend if you are taking those longer trips, uh, then you can eat in one of those seats. But that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, but of. no, no, definitely not on the Metro. Big long train rides, that's different. Right. They'll, they'll provide, or you can get um, box lunches um, before a long train trip if you're going to do some of that while you're in japan but not definitely not on the metro and if you take a taxi just remember there's no tipping right they really don't want a tip <laughs> the, and a taxi is not a bad option if again your group is two or three people you're not going all the way across town and um it's going to take you from door to door so that's that's not a bad option it is a little bit more expensive around like i said three people is where it might start to be beneficial or at least break even compared to taking the subway or the bus. Uh, so that's just a choice you got to make. But I'm going to tell you, if you got young kids and it's the end of the day and you've yeah. been pounding pavement all day, take a taxi. Taxi can be a lifesaver. It, 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 you'll just really be happy. So, and, a lot, <laughs> and like we recommend in a lot of other major cities, the subway is great. It's 
pretty quick. You don't have to worry about traffic. So it's going to be the time you expect. But if you aren't going to be able to go directly from one station to the next station where you're going to get off and leave this, the Metro line, there's going to be a lot of walking between transfer points. So, I mean, sometimes up to like a kilometer. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised at how long they can get. Um, one of the places we we're going to talk about is the Harajuku region, and that's a that's famous for it. There's a, the station there, depending on where you go. There's a long transfer between trains. Reno has some big transfers. Tokyo Station itself has some long walk transfers. Asakusa has some long walk station uh, transfers. And we're not talking walking above ground where you're at least seeing things. No, we're talking you're a tunnel walking underground. walking through a tube underground. So yeah. uh, to get, like I said, across the city, big distances, you don't really have a choice. That's the way to do it. Um, but... If you can take a bus and there's a line that's going to take you close to where you're going or one transfer, I would really recommend the bus unless it's like the major rush hour, five o'clock at night, six o'clock at night. Yeah, we like taking buses because then you get to see where you are. I mean, I think subways and metros are quite um, convenient, but you don't get to see anything. Yeah. You don't get to see anything at all. So we we really have probably, especially in maybe in the last 10 years or so, we've really embraced taking tra- uh, buses as opposed to trains as much as possible. Just because we like to see where we are and it feels better and you can feel like you're, you know, more a part of the scenery and traveling than just going yeah. through the motions and, and trudging from one station to exactly another. Exactly right. Less walking in an area where there's nothing really to see. So, And if you have bad knees or something, I mean, I would highly suggest that you always take a bus as much <laughs> yeah. as possible because the other thing that you're going to deal with in Tokyo is stairs. Mm-hmm. Now, if now don't let that, in saying that, they always have an elevator somewhere, mm-hmm. but you have to Usually. find the elevator. Um, and sometimes that means like climbing some stairs to cross the train track and go on the other side to go up the elevator. So they're not always that convenient, but if you, uh, but you can still find one normally. Mm. So I guess I, the it's bigger 50, stations 50. for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely something to think about. Uh, oh, one last thing about the PASMO. Good to know. It also works as like a digital cache. So you can look for basically any vending machine, but also in convenience stores, it has the PASMO uh, sign, just like it would like a Visa card sign. You can use your PASMO card that you've topped off to buy things. And this is a great idea for like um, older children or teenagers because they tend to get hungrier than we do. Right. I mean, they're always, they always want a snack. So you can say, well, here's your PASMO. And you can get two snacks during the day for this. So, because there's vending machines everywhere that will take them. Vending machines on the street, in the convenience stores, you can pay with PASMO for um, certain things. So, it, it's just a wonderful thing to have. And I think it's great for kids so that they don't always have to, you know, be bothering you. And, and Well, what's your favorite vending machine snack or drink in Tokyo? What's my favorite one? Yeah. Okay. So one of the things 
I really love is more of a winter thing. And that is um, corn soup. Corn soup. I knew you were going to say corn soup. <laughs> well, it's I love it too. Sweet. A little it's can of corn soup. It comes out piping, piping hot. hot. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so, so good. I like that. I like, of course, the multitude of coffees that you can get. Yeah. Hot Any or kind cold. of coffee you want. That's right. Hot or cold. Um, and I'm trying to think of a, a snack that I really like during the summer. Usually I'm just so hot because it's so humid in the summers in Tokyo. And ice cream is always of, a good option. Yeah. Maybe ice cream balls or yeah. um, popsicle balls or something. But I think I'm much more interested usually in just having something to drink and keeping hydrated. But in the winter, that corn soup, man. Mm, mm. So a little can good. of corn soup, a little bit of chunks of corn. <laughs> Chunks. Doesn't sounds, sound good, that but sounds it is so appetizing. Good. <laughs> Little bits of corn kernel niblets. Yeah, it's delicious. It's like a, well, it's like a corn chowder. It's so good. Mm. Try Very it good. if you get the chance. Uh, okay, one thing you need to know about eating and walking too. Well, not eating and walking. Don't do it. But anything where you might get a ticket or you've collected um, a receipt because you're shopping, all of that trash that you seem to end up with, there are not very many trash cans anywhere true. in Japan. It's it, in my opinion, it's extremely frustrating, but it doesn't matter. It's the way it is. So just know that going into it and whether you take a little plastic bag or something and stick it in your backpack or put it, know that it's going to go in your pocket, tell your kids how to deal with it, because it's really important that you don't um, put, of course, trash on the street. It's no one or very few people I have seen people litter. Of course, there's exceptions to everything that you or that we say there always is it's just the world goes round but um overall you won't see people littering and they and you won't know what they've done with their trash because right. they've taken care of it they put it back in their purse or whatever it's kind of astonishing that there are so few trash cans around yet it's a very clean city but that's exactly right you want to carry your your leftover trash or your recyclables um my, I found the best place to unload those things was at a convenience store. They almost always have yes the, the set of recycle and trash machine uh, trash cans there. So that's a good thing to look for. Convenience stores are just good for so many things, um, and that's one of them. And they do recycle as well. Oh, and and I think you can find a lot in the train stations down on the um, platforms. A lot of times you can see them. Well, I say a lot of times. It really depends Occasionally. on where you are. Yeah. Um, one other thing, you know, one of the things that you want to do when you're in Japan is you're going to want to take photo after photo after photo after photo. And luckily, they love photography. So the Japanese will pose for you. They will take pictures no, yeah. of you for you. They will. They'll take pictures of you. With them. Yes. They will, um, if they see that you're trying to get a picture, they'll try and get out of your way. They're very polite about it. And they'll do the best they can to help you have the best time. So if you see a photo, a photo you want, just 
either ask them to be in it or ask them. To, I wouldn't really ask people to move. I'd be patient, but you know, walk beside on the other side of them or something like that. But you can take pictures of monks. You can take pictures of little kids. You can take pictures of anything you want. Just be polite about it. And if they see you doing it, smile and say thank you. You don't even have to say arigato, but just say thank you and they'll be very happy. Um, The other thing is that people think is pretty funny. um, When you're watching TV, you see a lot of this or movies about Japan. um, People slurping their noodles. Yes, they do. Um, I don't think it's as prominent as most of the movies I've seen. Yeah, it's true. Um, And I think the more feminine you are, the less you might slurp. But it is it is acceptable. I don't think you need to go out of your way to try and figure out how to slurp noodles. (laughs) That's just my opinion after living there for five years. It's up to you how you want to deal with it. But on the flip side, if you're making noise with your ramen, it's okay. Uh, Talking about money a little bit. You will want to have, I mean, you have your PASMO. So for a lot of times you don't even need, a, you know, like a little bit of petty cash, but it is a good idea to keep some, um, some cash on you. And there are ATMs everywhere. So that's easy. And they all have an English option. So that's super, super easy. Um, but I think a lot of times it's just easier if you pay by card. Yeah. The ex- exception to that is, um, and going along with having some cash available, change, keep change available. Because when you go to that ramen stand or a lot of the smaller food stalls, there'll be a machine that you're going to use to pay. Good point. So you, and it's change only. So keep a hold of that change. Use your PASMO to buy things in the vending machine instead of your change so that you have that available. Um, and then, yeah, because those, Machines can be difficult to figure out that oftentimes are not going to be in English, but it's where you're going to find the, I think some of the best food in those small little mom and pop shops where, especially the ramen, gyoza, things like that. And so it's a simple matter of putting in your money, punching the button for the food you want and getting a ticket and then giving that to the counter person or the waitress. And ramen is anywhere from 800 yen, probably maybe up. up to 2000 yeah. yen when you add a bunch of stuff to it and you get a drink or a beer or whatever. So, you know, it's a good idea to have some cash on, like Jim said. But a lot of times if you're sitting down at a restaurant, they'll yeah. take a card. So that's not a big deal. Regular restaurants, shopping, any convenience store, of course, a card is going to work. It's just going to be those really those small uh tiny little hole in the wall eating establishments where there's a machine or it may be even not a machine, but it's just a very small place and they won't do a card. Okay. So when is the best time to go to Tokyo? Mm, I got my favorite time. You do. Oh, it's gotta be uh, Hanami cherry blossoms. Well, cherry blossom time. Definitely. I mean, the there's nothing like it. Beautiful. The weather is beautiful. You'll still get some rain. Uh, but that's nice because it cleans up the air and it cleans up the city and everything's shining and clean and green because it's spring and the cherry blossoms are just incredible. And the other really nice time is fall because of the maples and yeah. the ginkgo trees and all the most beautiful foliage that, that you've color. ever seen. Mm. Um, so those spring and fall are probably the best times to go. 
summer is my least favorite time in Tokyo. By far my least favorite. Yeah. The couple of good things about summer is there's tons of festivals and like nightly you're going to see, you know, some uh, fireworks fireworks shows and things like that. Baseball's happening if you want to go to a baseball game. But overall, it's just so hot and so humid. And that is just my least favorite time. You want to make sure that you have something to cool down, bring lots of water. I think having uh, this is where parasols originated, probably because <laughs> That's right. the sun just beats down on you. So if you can get a an umbrella just to keep the sun off you, it's not a bad idea. Um, or wear a sun hat. You'll see the Japanese wearing them. They're very common. They're yeah, very. They'll be carrying um, umbrellas too. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, it's okay to wear shorts and and tank tops and things like that. Try not to be too revealing. I don't think the Japanese. Um, are too revealing, but at the same time, they're gonna. You can wear what you want to wear. It's Just acceptable. make sure that it's it's nice. Um, winter is okay. It doesn't get too cold in Tokyo at all. It does snow. It does snow occasionally, occasionally. Um, but the temperatures probably hover right around freezing to above to maybe the even the fifties. Yeah, in the winter time, and so it can be quite comfortable. Now, one thing I learned in Japan, and it's just one of my favorite travel tips ever for cold weather, is bring a pair of um, ski pants or um, insulated pants to wear for your sightseeing, especially for the kids. Because that way you can be outside for a really long time. They taught me that. You should see them. That's what they're around in. And it just makes sense. I don't know why I never thought of that. Like, for some reason... In the States, we tend to wear jackets and we put our hats and gloves on, but we don't worry about our legs. But let me tell you, it makes a huge difference and it keeps you that much warmer. And that's great. The only problem with any of it is as soon as you get on a train or in a restaurant or something, you need to be able to peel those babies right off because they are going to have the heat cranked. Yeah, it's going to be warm. So, I mean, you know, touch or go. I want to go back to fall just a little bit. Because it is a great time of year, but people should also be aware that it's also typhoon season. So just like that's early fall, that's like late summer, actually late summer into October, October, even as late as November. So yeah, just be aware. Uh, Personally, I don't have a problem with the typhoons. I think they're really fascinating. Uh, I've never been in a situation where it was dangerous, luckily. I guess maybe my story, maybe I'd change my story if I had been, Um, but just to be aware, late summer, early fall. It can disrupt your travel. I don't think that the Tokyo side gets as much. Yeah, it's not as common, but they do get a storm that will come through. I would say at least once a year, once a year, for sure, a major one um, that's going to delay flights and stop ground travel for at least probably six hours minimum yeah so but they're interesting but it is a great time of year to go as well yeah just got to be aware of that um okay well we can go over a couple of things that we would do on our very first trip um, maybe that's what you've been waiting for but the idea of going to tokyo is just in general there's so many things that are different about um, their culture versus our culture that we feel that it was important to give you some of those tips. Yeah. But of course, while you're in Tokyo, you Tokyo, you run to 
Go to some temples and shrines like the Meiji Jinju Shrine, um, the Senjo, Soji Temple in Asakusa. And one of my favorites is the Gotokuji or the Cat Temple, which if you're there in fall, it has so many maple trees. It's just stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really cool areas just to wander around. Ginza, uh, the Ginza district for fashion, lots of restaurants. It's kind of like your upscale area. We always like to have um, gyoza where we're in Ginza. That's where we go to gyoza all the time. There's a, another good one in Harajuku, which well, is there's har- gyoza everywhere. Hardly others, but. but Harajuku is um, like a kind of a really hip walking street with cosplay shops and cafes and really over the top candy shops. Like we're talking cotton candy that's three feet across and just, just crazy looking. Uh, Kababashi, if you're, if you want to do some shopping for plastic food, which Japan is known for cooking supplies, knives, uh, Kababashi is a great place to go. Akihabara for Electronics, electronics, camera equipment, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon, <laughs> Tsukiji fish market, or Chisoyu. Yeah, you can't go to Tsukiji for the tuna auction anymore. It's no longer held there, but it is still a really cool fish market area where you can walk around to a lot of different stalls and a lot of cool shopping and some very good sushi, of course. And then one of my favorite places is Rapongi as well. It's crowded with little bars and clubs. It's really a nightlife scene, uh, but there's just so much energy there. And I mean, if you like malls, and even if you don't, Rapongi Hills is uh, in this gigantic tower building. Uh, that's just a beautiful building anyway. And it's got a great art museum. The Mori Art Museum is in there and some really excellent restaurant choices. And oh. if you go at Christmas right. time, they even have a Christmas market in there. That's right. Like a... Um, like a down home German, German Christmas market Christmas where market. you can get Christmas treats and glue vine and just feel like it's Christmas yeah. because it is. It's very cool. Some of the things that we think that you should do is maybe go to a Kabuki theater show. Make sure you go to a, a game arcade. Um, they have so many. It's just fun. I mean, there's completely different than the States and there's most of them have multiple floors. Yeah. So there's tons of things. Multiple floors for different ages and everybody can find a a video game to their liking or even darts or pool or ping pong. You're going to find all that stuff in an arcade. Yeah. We played darts at one. That's right. Um, Also, of course, you've got a if if you have an opportunity to see a sumo tournament while you're there, definitely go. They hold them twice a year, I think, in Mm. um, January and April, I believe. Um, but I'm not, I mean, if they're having a sumo tournament or show, I would go to that. Or if you don't have a chance, you can still go to the sumo museum at, le- at the very least. That's right. Um, of course, you've got to try karaoke. It's completely different than you don't go to a bar and sing in front of all these people you don't know. In fact, you don't sing in front of anybody else except who you're with. Yeah, everybody's in their own little room and you've got a menu for how long you want to be there in drinks you want. Some of them will have food uh, and you're just going to be in that room singing karaoke. It's actually a lot of fun if you have a small group or if you're invited with a larger group 
But you and I, we kind of had a, a date night. It was fun. It was just even just, even the, two just of us. the two of you. That's right. Because it's just fun. Then they serve you drinks. Um, you can get drinks there. You can get little snacks there and you can just sit there. And it's very, it's very and romantic. I no one I would recommend like for Tokyo. But they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Um, a simple Google map search will find you one very nearby. Uh, or you can ask at your hotel, which one is their favorite. Because they'll um, have a favorite. There's plenty of great parks. There's plenty of great museums. There's more than we could even begin to tell you. But we'll have them on our website, Reflections and Route. Yeah. Also, um, there's tons of great festivals. We've been to so many different things that it's just pretty amazing. Two of our favorites, I think, was one is the Daruma Fair. It's in Jindaiji Temple. Well, they have them other places as well, but the one that's closest to Tokyo in the right. beginning of March is the Jindaiji Temple. And the Daruma is a little round, what do you call it? Like bobble, bobble thing that only has one eye. And then, um, little man. Or, and then you make a wish, and the people at the temple will, will paint your wish on it. And then um, when the wish comes true, you can paint the other eye in. It's just a cool, cool tradition. So you can buy your Daruma there. And if you've got old Daruma, that's where you're going to bring them yeah. to recycle them. Uh, yeah. And it's a very cool place. All this Daruma everywhere. It's really, really kind of fun. The Baby Cry Sumo Festival. Oh my Festival. gosh. That was the absolute best though. It's really cool. The Sumo, if you can't get to tokyo for a sumo tournament this is one of the next best things the younger sumo wrestlers it's only one day though will come out and families with new with young babies will bring their babies and the sumo two sumo wrestlers will square off in the ring and they'll hold up the baby and they'll make funny faces at it they'll do everything they can of course short of being malicious to try and make the baby start crying and, and in fact, it sounds kind of mean, but it's not. They're, they're do everybody does it in good humor, and they want the baby to cry because it brings the baby good luck and it means that they're healthy. That's so right. It, it's it's fascinating. It, it is really fascinating. It's very cool. So, did you want to talk a little bit more, real quickly, about um, some of the places that are great stays? We talked a little bit extensive, a little bit about our favorite places called Dormy Inns and. Quite frankly, once we discovered them, that's we, where we stayed. We stay there every time we can find one in any city or any town in the whole country because they just they're, they're just perfect. We just good really level, love they're them. Excellent value for the for the money and the, having the onsen there on site. Not all of them have onsen, so you got to be careful and make sure you make sure it does before you book it. Um, but most of them do. And it's just a, a great way to go. They're always clean. They're always, um, they're simple, but they're comfortable. I just, I mean, we just can't say enough good about them. Yeah. Well, the other two standout hotels that we like are the Park Hyatt, which was the hotel from Lost in Translation. Yeah. You can go up to the bar there and have a drink where Bill Murray had a drink. That's right. Or the Andaz Tokyo, um, which has a 52nd floor rooftop bar with stunning views of the city. And also really it, since it is such a high rise hotel, great views from almost every room. So the Andaz Tokyo is a great option. If you have a military affiliation, if you're right. retired or um, active duty, or if you are a civilian employee for the federal government, 
then a really good option, maybe your best option is the Nusano Hotel in Tokyo, um, which you can go to the Nusano website and book your stay there. It's very close to Rapongi. It's close to stations, bus stops. It's very well connected and it's a very, I think, excellent value for the money. Well, and what's all of the hotels are going to have a concierge that will book you tours and things like that if you need to. Yeah. I suggest you book them ahead of time. But, you know, you can do that once you get there as well. And the the nice thing about the Nusano, if you're eligible to um, stay there, is that it, they know that you're American. They have an American breakfast. And it's kind of, you know, a little oasis, I guess, in the middle of the sprawling um, Tokyo. Yeah. Um, the only thing about it is that this is something you have to plan because right. those uh, rooms go. They book up long, really, really long fast. In advance. So the longer, the more advanced notice you have, the better off you might have getting into them. So well, let's just run down a really quick what to eat and where to eat. And then we'll have to sign off, I think. The, the, the places that we're going to mention are places that we love to eat in Tokyo. That's right. Some are a little bit more expensive than others, but actually they're... Most we, of them are not too bad. Most of them are pretty inexpensive. Um, our, my number one favorite... Okay, so I didn't even like ramen before I went to this restaurant. Every time Jim wanted to go, and he loves ramen, so that was quite frequently, I would just sort of groan and go, oh, not again. But But... I went to this place and oh, now I dream of this ramen. That's how good it is. It hasn't converted you to all ramen. <laughs> well, this ramen. But for, yes, if you can get to Nakiryu and get in line there early, you might have to wait for a little bit. Um, well, but the ramen there is, I think, best in the world. Yeah. We. We'll tell you exactly how to get there on, on the show notes. Yeah. Well, and it's we've got it covered on a web article as well, website article as well. So we have the Gyoza place we mentioned. We have the Skiji fish market that we mentioned. Another place that we really, 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 really love is called, um, well, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's Oma Rice. Oh, that's it, Taimaken. That's the name of it. Taimaken? Yeah. This is a, what Oma Rice is, is a omelet that is over rice and the one that we like to go to they have them in a lot of different places and most of the time you're going to find them they're going to have a tomato sauce right Ketchup but sometimes. i'm not a real fan of the tomato sauce because it's very sweet um kids love this that's something that kids would eat every time i guarantee you but for adults, the one at Tamaikin, Tamaikin, that we really love is w with a beef and a gravy. It's a demi glace sauce. Oh my gosh, you've never tasted anything so wonderful in your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could go my back mouth there. Is watery. Um, so of course you also want to try things like okonomiyaki, which they translate loosely to Japanese pancakes. They're not really anything like a no, pancake, no. but they are delicious. And the experience when you find a good Okonomiyaki restaurant is a lot of fun too. Um, takoyaki, octopus balls, or any kind of street food. In Asakusa, you can find all kinds of food as you're walking up and down um, the area where the temple is. Sensoji. Um, anything else? Um, maybe just one mention for the Tokyo Ramen Street in the Tokyo Station. Oh, yeah. Where there's eight little 
tiny ramen stalls like right along the same area. It's supposed to be some of the best in Tokyo. Now, for me, it's still not Kiryu. But if I can't get to not Kiryu, the Tokyo Ramen Street. Well, the thing about Tokyo Ramen Street in the station is it changes every year. Mm-hmm. And they pick the top eight um, rated ramen places. I'm not sure who's rating them, but maybe <laughs> they are. But they, they go out and they find the best Tokyo ramen places and then they offer them a stall. So it's an honor to be asked to go there. And then it doing so, then it sort of ensures that you're going to get a really good That's ramen right. experience. So it really is a good place to go. Um, don't forget to try sushi. And um, if you like Starbucks, the Japanese love them. They're everywhere. They even have a roasters there, which is a beautiful building. Lots oh, of yeah. good stuff. Also a good um, place to go during the cherry blossom season because it's right along a canal yeah. that's lined with cherry trees. So it's beautiful. Of course, everybody's there then. So you yeah. wait in line. But what else is At least you're waiting under cherry trees. If you're waiting in line at a restaurant, and actually the places that we've mentioned, you might be because they're all places that are very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we go there because it's the best food. Um, they almost always have a line. So how you do a line in Japan is you're very polite and you stand there pretty quietly like you do everywhere else in Japan. Um, and you might move pretty slowly, but you move and you just sort of um, plod along. If there happens to be like, for example, at Tamaikan, they have chairs. So you have a line where you get in the door and then you get in the door and then there's still the chair waiting room. So then you actually move seat to seat to seat. One at a time um, till you get up to the maitre d'. You'll you'll see it. I mean, you can't not see it. And let me tell you something. If you're someone who hates lines, and most Americans do, I get it. um, That's okay. Because if you don't want to wait in line, you're not going to eat the good food. That's That's all there is to it. You just have to make that choice. And I think that sometimes people are lined up and other people get in the line just because there's a line. Because it usually because means know it's, it's going to be great be good stuff. if there's a line. And it's always been true. If there's a line, it's always good. Well, we didn't even really scratch the surface of Tokyo, which you probably won't even scratch the surface on your very first trip. But there is, I'm sure we'll, we'll cycle back to it and tell you like all our favorite places to go and all the good sightseeing places in a different um, episode. But for now, I think that we've at least given you a lot of food for thought so to speak (laughs) lots of things to savor (laughs) and a good guide on how to get around and uh yeah how to experience tokyo if you have any questions um or you want more clarification on one of the things that we've talked about please join our private facebook group it's called streets and eats and we welcome questions and we welcome experiences so if you have some experiences you want to tell us about tokyo please jump right in that's right and you can also find much more in-depth information about all the things we've talked about on our website reflections, reflections and uh, so please join us there as well uh, leave comments on our, on our articles there we also answer those and you know just know that we really love having you join us on our podcasts and thank you for listening that's right. Ciao, Ciao for, now. for now.